Welcome to the Old Sun Sports Shakedown. It is your host, Old Sun. It is Thursday, April 21st. We have a rip-roaring episode. It is the SmackDown episode. We talk smack with some Southern Maryland greats. Um, no jabronis permitted, but first, we talk a little sports shakedown, the big items in the sports world. We talk NBA playoffs last night. We do some MLB action. We talk college lacrosse from last weekend. We review the NCAA baseball top 25 going into weekend series. And we previewed this weekend's golf. It's a great show, folks. Then we have Coach Crowns and then Austin Heinball from both from um, Patuxent High School. It's a great show, folks. You don't want to miss it. Let's go. For Thursday, April 21st, it is your host, Old Sun. We have a rip-roaring show. First, Debo Samuel has demanded a trade. The star wide receiver for the San Fran 49ers. He's a slot back. He runs the ball. He's a do-it-all offensive weapon. Whatever team lands him is going to be very fortunate. The other big news in sports, Jay Wright retires after 21 years and two national champions. At Villanova, one of the great all-time coaches. We have Roy Williams retiring. We have Coach K retiring. Now Jay Wright. Um, some DC news. Ovi became the oldest player to ever score 50 goals in a season. Congrats, Mr. Ovechkin. The Nationals did a pregame demonstration, and it was so noisy that it caused a capital evacuation. Finally, the last news. Manchester U has a new head man. His name is Eric Hentag. He is going to lead the um, the Manchester United Old Sun Sports Shakedown for third. It is time for NBA Jam. We are dissecting NBA action from last night, and we had three great playoff games. First, the Nets were out in front most of the game, but the Celtics had a dominant fourth quarter, and... Jason Tatum hit a number of big shots. Jalen Brown had 22 points, 6 assists, and the Celtics won 114-107. They're up 2-0 in that series. Sixers came back. The Raptors were leading most of that game. However, Joel Embiid processed that um, information, and they took a 104-101 win. Embiid had 33 points, 13 boards. OG Ananuboy had 26 points, 5 boards. Finally, the Bulls knocked off the Bucks. The Bucks are the defending champs and the favorites to repeat, but don't count out the Bulls, folks. They're a very tough team. DeMar DeRozan led the way with 41 points, 7 boards, 4 assists. Giannis, the Greek freak, just missed a triple-double. He had 33 points, 18 boards, 9 assists. On to tonight's games. A 1-1 series, and they're um, breaking the tie at 7.30. It's the Grizzlies, Timberwolves, John Morant versus Carl Anthony Towns. Another 1-1 series at 9 on NBA TV. Mavericks, Jazz. Luka Doncic in his 28.4 points per game against Donovan Mitchell in his 25.9. Finally, the Warriors look to go up 3-0 on the Nuggets. Steph Curry and company take on Nikola Jokic and company at 10 p.m. on TNT. That's the NBA Jam, folks.
We were talking Major League Baseball. We had a lot of action yesterday on Wednesday, um, April the 20th. Brewers beat the Pirates 4-2. to two. Josh Hader got the um, save, the Anne Arundel County native. Rowdy Tellez hit a bomb. Jose Ramirez hit a bomb for the Guardians as they routed the White Sox 11-1. Dodgers beat the Braves 5-1. Freddie Freeman got revenge with a home run. Phillies back on the right track with a win over the Rockies. Home runs for Alec Baum, Camargo, Nick Castellanos, and Kyle Schwarber. Finally, the Padres knocked off the Reds 6-0. McKenzie Gore was um, Sterling, throwing no no runs over five innings. And Jerickson Profar was 2-4 with a home run. Um, Games today, we have some games Thursday. 1-10, the Guardians play the White Sox. 1-10, Yankees-Tigers. 110 Giants Mets on ESPN Plus, 135 Blue Jays Sox, 210 Twins Royals, 330 A's O's, uh, 405 Diamondbacks Nationals, 640 Cardinals Marlins, 740 Pirates Cubs, and 940 Rangers Mariners. Let's watch, let's watch some baseball, folks. Lacrosse Shakedown for the weekend of April 16th and 17th. Sunday, two games. Bucknell beat Holy Cross 23-7. Jacksonville destroyed Hampton 26-3. The big game yesterday, Maryland beat Ohio State. Ohio State came out hot, had the lead early on, but Logan Wisnowski led the Terps with five goals. Another great game, UNC beat Syracuse to improve to 8-4. Chris Gray scored five goals. The score was 13-14. Tucker Dornovic and Brendan Curry had three goals for the Orange. Hopkins improved to 5-7, beating Penn State 13-10. Connor Schellenberger scored three, and Xander Dixon scored five. And UVA routed Quinnipiac 21-9. Princeton beat Dartmouth 12-10. Brown beat Yale in a bit of an upset, 20-13. Michigan just barely lost to Rutgers, 13-12. Surprising there. We are talking college baseball. We're taking heading into the weekend series. It's Thursday. We're going to take a look at the top 25, seeing who is where. Uh, Tennessee saw its program record 23-game college winning streak come to an end, but the Volunteers remain the number one team in baseball. They um, haven't lost. They lost for the first time in over a month, yet they're still number one. Oklahoma State up to number two. Oregon State up to number three. Arkansas up to number four. Miami down to number five. Um, do, do, do Stanford six, Southern Miss seven, Virginia down to number eight, Florida State number nine, Oregon 10, Virginia Tech beat Miami and they're up to number 11, Gonzaga's number 12, Louisville's down to 13, Notre Dame's down to 14, Texas Christian then UCLA at 16, 17, Texas Tech, 18, Georgia, 19, Georgia Southern, the Eagles, 20, Texas Longhorns, 21, Texas State, 22, the Maryland Terrapins, Roll Terps off to a program best start, 23, Auburn, 24, Wolford, 25, Dallas Baptist. And that is the NCAA Baseball Roundup, folks.
It is the SmackDown portion of the podcast. Welcome to the SmackDown. Um, we're talking Smack with the Tucson Panthers, Coach Crowns, and then we have Coach Austin Heinball in the house. We've got great conversations about um, all things Southern Maryland. We talk about the turf fields. We talk about SmackBall. We talk about a lot of good stuff. Check it out, folks. Welcome back to the Old Sun Sports Shakedown podcast. We are on to the interview segment of our podcast. Um, as we our first interview with the Calvert County episode, we have the legendary Coach Crounce in the house. Um, it's Coach Crounce. That's how it's pronounced, right? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Well, welcome, Coach Crounce. You've won um, several champion- state championships as a head coach of the Patuxent Panthers during a successful reign. Um, you then went up to Northern High School in... Um, Northern Calvert County, and then you went to DeMatha for a few years. So um, take us back to when you were a kid. Um, you, I assume you played as a kid, and you did you play in any college or high school ball? Where are you from? So I'm originally from a place called Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. went to Abington Heights High School, played uh, football, basketball, and baseball in high school, and then uh, actually went out to Westchester University where I, was a, uh, where I played baseball. Okay. Um, I, was, I was a catcher. Um, at Westchester for four years. And then as soon as I got out of school at 23 years old, I started coaching football again at Abington Heights and then Delaware Valley high school with, uh, Vito Qualia and Keith Olsmer. And, um, in 2002 moved down to Lusby. So that was my first head coaching job in 2002 at Patuxent and, uh, and built the program and established, uh, a brand down there. Uh, and then in 2016, uh, left for Northern and then the Matha. So it's been a it's been quite a journey um, over yeah. the years. Sounds like it. Um. So um. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Patuxent a new program when they're they're a relatively new high school, right? They were they a new program when you took over. Right, so the football program actually started in 1997 with a, a man named Jim Esposito, and um, you know, he's in 2001. So it was about four years old when I took it over. So, yeah, like a toddler, basically. Um, yeah. Probably right. with all the, you know, what comes of a new program without the infrastructure and traditions established. Um, yeah, so you won a state champ. How many state titles have you won? I know you won 2015. I think it was two, yeah, or, so three. We, two or three, we right? Won in, we won in 15. We went in uh, 13 and 01. Um, we have nine uh, Southern Maryland <laughs> Athletic Conference championships in that time, too. So, um, you know, it's, it was a great night, you know, in 2015, it was really the, the pinnacle of us, uh, finally climbing the mountain of uh, high school football and getting to that peak. And, um, you know, once you get there, man, it's, uh, your net, your mission is just to get back at that point. So, I mean, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, a little bit. But I mean, it does drive you and motivate you to get when you get on that stage. Um, and you, you know, the whole thing with the, with my high school football career and the philosophy that I've instilled here and um, you know within my coaching staff is really, it's really very relationship based. And mm-hmm. I think that we wouldn't have been able to do what we did at Patuxent if we didn't start there. So. Um, you know, we have a lot of single single parent homes. We had, um, you know, a lot of kids that were looking to identify with something bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And so 
the relationship piece was always the biggest part of it, you know, building those relationships with the kids, with the families, with the community. And, you know, in 2015, I tell people one of the, one of the uh, most emotional things about that night was turning towards the stands and seeing our little community in full force, just the uh, jubilation, you know, and the, you know, just the, just how happy and how excited and how proud everyone was. It was really a moving experience and it made my journey worthwhile at that point you know you'd finally you know done that you know you've given something back to to people who really needed to puff their chest out and be proud so it was it was remarkable really absolutely and uh, as you see in my hands i don't have any rings on my finger i'm looking definitely you know something to pick up in the next 30 or 40 years so you're <laughs> you're you're doing a great job of selling you know, it making it sound like exactly as good as I imagine it to be. And, you know, I know my time's coming one day as a coach, but, um, yeah, that's great. I, um, so you, what, what are some challenges you faced? You're one of the smaller schools in the state that plays football. Um, you're not, um, Calvert County. There's some good, there's some good, definitely some good ball in Southern Maryland, but it's not, you're not like Seneca Valley. You're not like Damascus. No offense. Like you're not, like some community that produces NFL players and D1 players every year. What are some challenges you faced at Patuxent and what are some, um, what are some things you think that have some of the keys to your success besides the relationships? Well, unfortunately, one of the things, obviously when you're a small program and you come from a small community that may not be as affluent as some of the areas in Maryland is, you know, money is a, is an issue, you know, absolutely no, no use dancing around that fact. It's, it's true. Right. So getting the right equipment for the kids, getting the right training, uh, uh, equipment for the kids, having the fields be, um, you know, not a detriment to our training or not a detriment to, um, you know, our, our, just the whole environment, you know, just mm -hmm. the facilities. So that's always, and you know, that goes back to, too, you know, just the kids. And like I said about relationships in these types of areas, you know, the kids feeling like someone is making an investment in them can go mm -hmm. a long way. I mean, and, and, you know, we're, we are always teetering on kids going from, you know, buying in, becoming part of the program, dedicating their time and effort and, and, and choosing the, the path that, you know, helps them become a great student, helps them become a great father, helps them become a great citizen. You know, we dance that line of, well, they don't, you know, they can mentally say, well, they don't really care about what we're doing anyway. So why should I invest myself into that? And that's what we fight, you know, which we try to, we fight for respect. We fight. And, you know, the respect thing gets thrown around a lot, especially with sports. But honestly, in this scenario, we're just looking for people to say, Hey, you know, the kids are worth it. The time they put in representing people is not normal for teenage kids. It's not normal for teenage kids to go to school all day, spend three hours on the field, do a little more film, do your homework, come back to school and all for representing the name on the front of your Jersey. That's not a normal thing for kids today in society. It's a very no, it's not. egocentric. You know, what, yeah, what can you do for a, me? How many society? likes can I get society? Right. So, you know, so that's, that's a challenge for us. And we have a uh, familial challenges, like I mentioned before, you know, a lot of times I'm a surrogate uh, parent. You know, I, 
making sure the kids are eating right, making sure the kids get home from practice or get to practice. I mean, there's a lot of little things. But at, at the end of the day, the love that happens when, when that dynamic is nurtured is just priceless. priceless. And um, so for all the for all the pitfalls that you have, they also, you know, we kind of wear them like a back of honor. And we try mm. to, and we try to, you know, create that program despite some of the things that we don't get that other programs do. You know, but we have. You mentioned the NFL. Now we do have a we have a guy, Robert McLean, who played for me in yeah. 2005. Played Super Bowl 50 and um, played for the Carolina Panthers when they lost to the Broncos. And we have a gold ball at the school because all the players in Super Bowl 50, the school, their high schools got sent gold footballs. So we have that. That's cool. And we've had a lot of other. We've had some. We've been really fortunate at Patuxent. You know, whatever it is, that little little speck on the peninsula down in Southern Maryland seems to find a guy every year, every other year that can go play big time football. And it's just our job as coaches to make sure that we're promoting them and we're selling them and and um, and uh, and people get to see them. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, in that case too, especially from being at the Matha, you know, a lot of the kids in the smaller schools. The knock would be, well, they they don't play a tough enough schedule. They don't mm-hmm. play against competition that's that they need to. You know, the kids at Dematha they get the benefit of the doubt because they're playing in arguably one of the better conferences in the country. So they get the benefit of the doubt if they have good film and perform. So for us, it's more of a selling job. So we have to get them. Sometimes it's seven on seven against you know, hey, you know, hey, this corner just covered this kid. He's going to mm-hmm. Clemson and you know, he shut him down. You got to get that on film and. And promote so we have to work a little bit harder we have to help them beat the bushes so to speak um mm-hmm. and see what shakes out talent wise um so really that's the thing so you know if you have a successful program and you're playing big stage games that helps out too yeah I mean, certainly you know, so. when you get a few playoff games and an, you know add in an all-star game or two and all of a sudden you go from maybe one game against a division one caliber player to like four or five games against a college level player yeah. So that, that's, that's really important. You know, the success breeds success and the success of the team. You put the success of the team before the success of the individual and the individuals usually seem to get taken care of. Um, that's really good stuff. Um, so what was I going to say next? Um, so you kept, you went, so you, why did you, what, what, what led you to go to Northern? Um, you went to Northern (laughs) high school and then you went to DeMatha. I'm honestly curious. And then you're, you're back at Patuxent. What, um, so yeah, in 2016, uh, just I guess I guess call it midlife coaching crisis. I mean, we mm-hmm. I, I felt like I felt like our message was getting stale. I felt like um, I needed to um, to try another venture to see if the template that we were using worked. To see if we can't say Northern was in a bad spot. They were two and eight. They had just forfeited games because of a scandal. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they they just won the state title, so they've obviously come a long way. Yeah, right. So those are my those kids were my freshman kids or sophomore kids a couple of years ago that just won the state title. So yeah, you know, for me it was like a you know we, it was a reclamation project. It was a chance to rekindle my coaching energy, um, mm. and it, I mean it worked out well. We did a great yeah. job of trying to create a brand, try to create a mantra, try to create a work ethic. And we did all that. And then Rich Holzer came in uh, during COVID and then this year and, 
and uh, the pieces were in place, and, and those guys uh, finished the job. So that was great. And then going to the math, I was just personally for me, it was a chance to see, you know test my football uh, juices to get into an environment that was a lot like college, which mm-hmm. you know that uh, being 50, 52 years old, that dream was kind of passed uh, for me. But that was an opportunity, you know, to be around. Uh, high caliber players in a national program and to test my football acumen and um and it was worth it but at the end of the day i had an opportunity to come back home um and um patuxent's been scuffling along a little bit and um i just wanted to get back uh to where i know i know the people i love the people down the community and, um, you know, mm. you don't get a lot of chances to do this. You know, you don't get a lot of chances to have some redemption and kind of walk back in. And I can't really see myself ever going anywhere else. Tiring, I plan yeah. on just fin- finish, finishing out down at Patuxent. So. You've got a great setup, a great community. Um, you know, like, why, why complain? And it's like that Bon Jovi song, Who Says You Can't Come Home? Like, after you, you <laughs> right. try some things out, you explore the world. And just players, just like few players, us coaches, like to... We, we want to test our stages and abilities on the highest levels, too. So that's definitely you – never, you never lose that edge to be competitive once you step off the field. Um, so really- one thing I wanted to ask you is kind of like you're mentioning that you're, you are a smaller town. You're like about an hour, hour and a half um, from cities. Do you have – do you ever get the sense that like – how do you – like football – football always will create opportunities and educational opportunities – but even more so for kids who are trying to, you know, maybe get out and see the world a little. Oh, definitely. I mean, there, I mean, over the years, I, we used to joke like we didn't think maybe the kids didn't know that there was even anything that existed outside of the city limits of Calvert County, or I mean, the, the county yeah. limits. You know, they're kind of secluded. Um, it's a little different now, you know, with, with their developed now, and, yeah, and yeah. And Instagram and everything else. I mean, they have a, they have an idea of what's going on. But it was important for us, you know. We would go to team camp. Uh, we would go to a college, whether it be, we were at Albright, Westchester, uh, Shepherd University, Stevenson University, to get them out of the town, let them mm-hmm. get on a college campus, stay in a dorm, and, and you know that was a big thing for us. Or even in the summers, going to different seven on sevens all over the place just to get them out and get them to compete against other kids. It was one of the biggest things that we did because it gave them a broader sense of what was going on outside of uh, outside of Lusby. So it's tough, um, you know. At Dematha, those kids are going to combines and d- different showcases all the time. I mean, it's yeah. a constant sell job um, to get to get noticed. And we have to kind of do that for our kids. There's not that they just don't know the hoops they got to j- jump through to ha- to have mm-hmm. that dream. That's part of what I try to do with my brand is, you know, make not necessarily just bring awareness to the obstacles that um, especially if you live within that half hour radius outside of that half hour radius of a major airport, there are going to be more obstacles to you getting recruited. It's just a fact of life you have to deal with. Well, there's no question in that, you know, when the big FBS schools come to Maryland, they don't they don't venture that far off the beltway. Yeah, they don't don't need to. There's so much not that they don't need to, but. There, there's so much talent no, that, yeah. They really don't need to. You're right. I mean, so like you think it, it, we would get people down to Lusby. That was a major 
that was a major thing for us because you know that means you're coming off the beltway driving an hour south and you're you know you're down on the water and yeah it it, it was a big deal and we didn't take that lightly but yeah. you know if you're in PE Montgomery you know those those guys are dropping in your high schools all the time trying, trying to see you know who's around and uh, yeah. so it's a, it's a little bit different yeah yeah, no shade to those programs, but it, it is it is just another obstacle to get noticed where when you live a several hours from a metro area. Um, yep. So moving on, you are very vocal about a and in a good way. It's a great project. You're really getting behind it. It's a um, you want to build some turf fields in Calvert County. Tell us a bit more about that. Why you're in support of it, and what are some of the barriers to getting that done that people you know well, we might need to bring to public awareness. And I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus because there's a lot of people trying to move move the needle and try to get it. But I will tell you that this has been something that, you know, we've discussed since probably 2004, uh, just at the cusp of high schools really being uh, becoming having multi-purpose facilities and having the turf fields, which reduces injury, reduces maintenance. Um, you have so many more uh you give a lot of teams from youth level all the way through high school opportunities to play and not just football. I'm talking about soccer, lacrosse, field hockey. Um, all those sports have an opportunity to be on a synthetic surface that they don't have to worry about the mud and the, and the potholes and just mm -hmm. the, you know, all that stuff. And then in Calvert County, you know, we have four high schools and a lot of times with the county, you know, county school system, right, they're not going to do one and not do all four. So, you know, for us, we're not, you know, we have, they have the financial capabilities of getting it done. It comes back to steering the focus back into, um, this is a good idea for all the kids. This is a good idea for all the youth, youth sports in the high schools. This is a good idea for our communities. It shows that they're going to make an investment mm -hmm. in their future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then lately what's really kind of, nudged us is that you know Anne Arundel County now is getting to the point where all the high schools have two turf fields and now my friend Mike Watson who coached me for a long time we're, we're close he's the director of athletics for the St. Mary's County and three high schools are getting turf and you yeah. know North Point has turf and the PG, the PG County schools are getting turf and these are you know PG County historically hasn't had the finances to to have mm. upgrades of facilities, and now they are committing uh, money and 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 uh, uh, you know their resources into doing that. So we're starting to fall behind. And mm. like I said, it, 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 besides just the aesthetic value of having a turf field and the safety value, it goes back to that investment thing. You know, like so, mm. all the counties around us are investing in their youth. And we are sitting on our hands, and I'm you know, sitting it's on your hands. Yeah, I was going to say it if you didn't, but that's yeah. kind of what what these nice not not to name anyone specifically, but politicians sometimes they don't realize the urgency with which these projects need to be done because every year you delay a project like this is dozens, if not hundreds, of kids you're disadvantaging. Sorry, did you cut out? Are you there?
Hey, um, I apologize. My router just like cut off. I don't know why, but um, I'll edit this part out. So we'll resume. I was saying um, that every year that we wait on to pass projects like this is dozens, if not hundreds of kids that are being, you know, disadvantaged. And, you know, it's it's the world is becoming so competitive that you have to stick out. You have to have the scholarships are becoming so competitive that you don't want to put all your eggs in the basket of an athletic or academic scholarship, but they're just, you just, ha you just don't want to see kids be disadvantaged when it comes to that. I agree. Yeah. So, um, what, what are, um, are there any plans in motion or are they, are you just, um, vocalizing it or just vocalizing support at this point? Or are there any actual Sorry. proposals? Well, so, I mentioned Keith Powell, our AD at Patuxent, um, who's actually my brother-in-law, is spearheading um, an initiative to, to, to get that going and, and, and talk at the county level with the school people. I'm in contact with uh, different county commissioners who actually ran on platforms discussing uh, improving the fields and using, mm -hmm. you know, using turf so I'm in constant contact with them. I have a couple of school board members that I'm in their ear on. So it helps that St. Mary's County has pulled the trigger and, uh, mm -hmm. and their turf's going to be done by this spring. Um, that's a big help. And Mike is not shy about posting Twitter photos about St. Mary's County all the time. So that always helps. So, you know, not that I want it to become an embarrassment for, for our county because I'm really uh, you know, for the most part, I'm very proud of our county and, and, and the kids and people that are in it. But at the end of the day, if that's what moves the needle, then we have to keep talking about it. And so, uh, you know, right now, it, right now, it's just us talking and discussing and maneuvering and trying to find people that's, you know, you know, trying to build more and more support because we have the support of the parents. We have the support of the kids and the coaches. You know, we have the support of some of the politicians. We just need more um mm -hmm. and we need someone to actually need someone actually to stand up and get it going that's really good and they're really glad you are stepping up in that um to assume that leadership it's really you know really great project it's very rare in the realm of um where pol sports cross into politics that you get such an issue that's so like easy to get it's easy to build a coalition behind it's not like um 
uh, the more thornier political issue. It's it's who who's against getting better fields for kids so they can you know perform at their highest level. It's that's hard to hard to yeah. hard one to fight against. My point exactly. I mean, this is to me is a no brainer. Yeah, no brainer uh, stuff. And like I said, I'm on the phone the other night. We're trying to get you know similar facilities built in um, Lower Shore, Worcester County, so we know what it's like trying to you know keep up with the Joneses. And you see these schools in Central Maryland that have nice facilities, and you you know want the same thing. So that's really good stuff, Coach Crowns. Um, thank right. you. Um, do you have any shout outs or any last words you want to say? Uh, we're about 20 minutes now. If I really appreciate you coming on again. No, no shout outs. I mean, you know, we're all kind of in the off season mode right now. And, uh, you know, I just hope everyone out there is, uh, really hard at work in the weight room and trying to improve themselves and improve themselves as students and all the coaches out there, you know, keep your nose, nose down, eyes down and keep on forward. And, uh, you're doing great work. Um, everyone, uh, really is, uh, Coaches are fishers of men, right? We are out there trying to find kids and, and get them on the right path. So my respect and love goes out to all the people who coach any sport and especially football. So absolutely, uh, I appreciate you having me on tonight and let me say my piece. Absolutely, sir. It was great. Um, great, you know, getting to know you, getting to know your career, and again, that's a great project you're getting behind in Calvert County. We wish you nothing but the best, and we'll at Old Sun Sports. We will throw our support behind it. Thank you very much, Coach Crowns. Thank you for everything you do, man. It's great. Absolutely. Good evening. Thank Goodbye. You. Welcome back to the Old Sun Sports Shakedown Podcast. It is your host, Old Sun. The podcast is brought to you by Process Exposure. We are an um, athletics and football company. We put on football camps, showcases, clinics, um, college visits, all to benefit kids at affordable costs. Check us out. We're on Twitter. We're doing big things in the DMV. As we continue our SmackDown episode, we have a very special guest. He's a um, Lock Haven football alumni, business education teacher, He's the O-line line coach, coaches up some of the best hog mollies in the state at Patuxent High School, and he's a um, he's a re- really big pro wrestling guy. We'll talk to him about that, too. Welcome, Mr. Austin Heinball. Welcome to the show, Coach. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks again for joining. Um, so first topic, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, yourself. Where? Um, just tell us about your life and football career, like where you're from, where you went to school, and when you got into coaching. So I pretty much played football my whole life. By far my favorite sport, ultimate team sport. Yes. Um, originally from the Pittsburgh area. Okay. Really moving down here, I know that there's a lot of Pittsburgh people, even at Patuxent High School. So yeah, it's like a it's a home away from home. Um, so there's a lot of people I can connect and relate to. But I'm from a um town. It's about 45 minutes south of Pittsburgh called Connellsville. Okay. Um, Connellsville. So I went to Connellsville High School. Very rich football town. Uh, Johnny Lujak graduated from Collinsville. He won the Heisman Trophy um, and played with Chicago Bears. So very uh, storied uh, football town. Big five uh, A school in Pittsburgh area. Western so, Pennsylvania is football like that. That yeah. there's like a little belt. Like you have Maryland, Western Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Ohio. That that's like I think the best football in the country outside of the Southeast. You have that like little belt in the Mid Atlantic. 
Yeah, for sure. So good football. Um, playing 5A uh, really prepared me. Um, the, the speed of the game, it really prepared me for college football where I went to uh, Lock Haven University. Had a couple other opportunities to go to different places, but fell in love with Lock Haven. One, the location, very uh, located in central PA between Williamsport and State College where Penn State Maine is. Uh, but fell in love with the major, fell in love with the coaching staff, and played in the PSAC for four years where um, got to start as a freshman, played offensive line, played left guard. Um, and, yeah, have been a pretty much big uh, offensive line guy my whole life. So I uh, really enjoy um, embracing the trenches. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I, I may have told you, I'm an O-line coach too. I love um... – Love the trench game. It's where everything starts in football. It's what makes football unique as a sport. You have that O-line unit. I love the way my favorite part about offensive line is the way five guys meld into one unit. It's just something really trumps something special. You don't have that in any other sport, really. I mean, you have it in every sport, but not to the degree an offensive line room comes together and functions as a unit. So that's cool. So when did you get into coaching again? So I went to, went to school. I knew – one day I wanted to um, get back into coaching. So I think he, like right after I graduated, I, I went back home for a year, coached at my high school I went to um, for a year. And then I actually kind of took a little detour from coaching. Um, I had opportunity, I had a job offer for the Nationals. So I got to work for the Washington Nationals. Oh, awesome. During their World Series run. So yeah, I got to work uh, for the Nats. That was a cool experience. Worked in sales. I wanted to try it out. I had the opportunity um i pretty much went to this job fair and yeah. actually got offered from the pirates which my parents wanted me to do to stay local uh, i got offers from the pirates and detroit pistons as well but i Ooh. chose the nationals because my buddy um was down here so he was down so that, that's how you ended up in the dmv yeah yeah so um that's pretty much how i ended up here i, I took a break for a year worked in sales loved it was good at it told my boss i was like hey i'm leaving to go back to uh teach and coach he's like are you serious because i was doing real well i was like that's just my calling that's, that's yeah what I, mean. I know what you mean yeah so i liked it it was a good experience it was cool got to work at the ballpark every day got to meet the players got to be in the clubhouse got to do some cool things but yeah the other day i'm loving what i'm doing now so i got the opportunity i pretty much emailed every athletic director in st mary's and Calver county and the one high school that i wanted to for, for email me back. That was the only high school that did. And it was Patuxin. So uh, Mr. Powell, the AD, yeah. Patuxin, met um, over the phone. And then we met in person, just kind of network. And that's how I got into Patuxin uh, in 2019. So I've loved it ever since. Um, Lusby, the community of Lusby. Great Patuxin. community, great school, absolutely. Yeah, special place. So I've kind of embodied I just fell in love with it. So the kids are hardworking and respectful and community is great. So that's kind of how I ended up from Connellsville to the, the year layoff, I guess you could say for coaching. And then I knew like I was itching to get back into coaching. Absolutely. So, so you've got coach crowns coming back, you know, the, the they're calling the demigod in Southern Maryland as one of my friends put it. I thought that was really funny, but it's, it's, right. you know, the truth he's, he's worked magic at Patuxent high school, nine conference championships, one state title, I guess you're excited to be working with him. And uh, what what are your goals and expectations for the coming season? Yeah, so um, Coach Krauts, he's a great person. He 
bleeds, eats, sleeps, bleeds football. So it's exciting having him come back on the staff and our staff in general. I mean, uh, his son, Tyler, is our offensive coordinator. I mean, you want to talk about a loaded staff that has a lot of football knowledge. Um, that's that's what we have this year. From Coach Allen to Coach Mason, Coach Goldstein, um, I can list so many other coaches we have involved. But I'm excited, and I'd be lying if I told you anything but a state title. Um, that's definitely our expectations. That should be our expectations every year going into season. But we'll see. We have a lot of – Guys, last year we had a lot of young bucks, a lot of sophomores that took off from football because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but we have a lot of young guys with varsity experience. And this this class, um, this would be the class of 24. They're such a good group of yeah. kids. They, they, don't, they don't rebuttal. They just listen. They get to work. And I'm excited for this year. I'm excited to see how they respond to adversity because I think they have all the talent in the world. So how we respond to situations that aren't ideal because we know they're going to happen in football, we'll yeah. judge how much success we have. But definitely state title is always the goal. Yeah, and so. if I'm being blunt, like the 2A is very – 2A Maryland is very good football. And <laughs> the two, you've got you've got your – you've got a lot of good rural schools, but you also have some PG County schools and some Baltimore City schools. 1A is, you know, decent football. You've got Fort Hill who wins pretty much every year, but some other good programs, Dunbar. You guys are pretty fortunate at what I was being blunt about is that you have that new 1A, 2A bracket that kind of I feel like is more reasonable. Yeah. Is that do, – do they know what they're doing? With I think I, the last I've heard is that they're going to do that a permanent thing because they want to give more schools an opportunity to make the playoffs and have postseason and more teams win state titles. So it's – yeah, I, I think it's generally a good thing, six classifications instead of four, but, you know, we'll see what they decide to do. Yeah, from an enrollment perspective, from a number standpoint, from what I saw during the research, it looked it looked really good. Um, but, yeah, I'm for it. Either way, it gives us more opportunity, gives other teams opportunities. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it this year. Cool. We, we probably wouldn't have made it. We, we got a playoff win over Southern, but we definitely wouldn't have. We may have squeaked in with our um, record this past year, but two A was two A was a real tough draw this year. You had Milford Mill, Huntingtown was super good. Um, I my yeah. I I work with Stephen Decatur High School. We had a really good team this year. Um, we had then um, who else? Frederick Douglass, who won it all, of course. So that's yeah. that that was the two A like the upper two A that was really tough this year, and it's going to be tough every year. So that's yeah. cool. Um. So talking about coaching, what are what are, I guess your main philosophies as a line coach? What do you like to teach as a line coach? I guess technique, obviously, putting in the work in the weight room. Those are the two yes. big ones. But what are, what do you say? I'm huge on. I mean, and this is based off of I had great high school coaches. I had great college coaches. I am huge on fundamentals. Yeah. I will like kids do not understand. They think the weight room is important. Yes, it is. They think. Being physical is important. Yes, it is. But you'll never get to those points without fundamentals. So if you're not taking the right steps, if you're not doing the right thing with yep. hand placement, you're not you're not going to be good. Pad level hand be... placement. Your starting stance yeah. is so important. Your first two steps, obviously, if you don't have those those four things down, you're not you're not going to win a football game. Yes. So that's where I always start with my kids because I know they're high school kids. So physicality is just that's 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 love beat. Like it's just a tough 
community. So I know that that isn't necessarily hard as hard to teach effort as well. Kids always show effort, but I tell the kids all the time, you, if you want to be good, you have to buy into the fundamentals. It's not, yeah, it's not the funnest part of the game. I'll tell you like seeing a nasty pancakes. Great. But yeah, the fundamentals, that's how, that's how you separate yourself. So I'm huge on footwork, hand placement, all those different yeah. things. Plus, especially if I would, I'm just speculating, if a school like Patuxent, you're a smaller school, you're not going to have a one-ton offensive line every year. You don't have a 2,000-kid pool to pick out of. You might have to trot out some 200-pounders who technique is, if you want to be a lineman of 200 on 180 pounds in high school, you ha- you ha- technique is inexcusable or in- indispensable. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the recipes in the past, like even like looking back on – state title runs or any other deep run playoff teams. I mean, they had some 200 pound linemen in there. And yeah. At low, lower levels, you can win with guys who have great tech, you know, smaller line of that, you know, a 1000 to 1200 pound line that has great technique. It, you can definitely do that at high school, which is a cool part of the game. Yeah, for sure. So that's the, I'm big fundamental guy. That was what was instilled in me. And that's what made me a solid player. Like it's just, yeah, same like yeah. Like I was yeah. I'm I'm like I was about two hundred pounds in high school. I wasn't a good ball carrier. I didn't have hands, so they I was kind of smart and aggressive. So they were like, Hey, you might make a decent center and I was able to play center because you know, I focused on my technique. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. Fundamentals hundred percent. So right. I didn't have to um I always preach fundamentals, effort, physicality. Those are my That's the big three. Things. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, what? Um. Next question. You have. What are your advice to? I guess you, we have a lot of young players listening to the podcast and young coaches. What? Are, what's your advice to them? To players, just listen, man. Your, your coaches. They've probably most of them have played and either at a high level or high school level, and they've had multiple experiences. So definitely listen to the coaches. Um. A lot of times, I, I've been in situations before where I've had or at my previous high school, some of the kids just would not buy in. And those are the kids that usually aren't showing up every day. Yeah. Um, summer workouts, all that stuff, but just having an open ear because ideally coaches, they don't do it for anything or a lot of money at all. So yeah, they're truly here to see you be successful. They love the game and they want to empower the kids. Yep. So they're not going to put you in bad position. So the stuff that they're teaching you, the stuff that they're telling you, just listen, it's going to make you a better football player. So, that's my advice to young players because a lot of times, um, I mean, I'm lucky to be a Patuxent. Very good program. The kids kind of know the expectations. They know the story tradition. So I really don't have to focus on that a lot, but I do see some instances where some younger players, they just they lack that listening skill, which is very important. Yeah, it comes with um, maturity, and it's hard. football's a grind. You, you're there every day. You're lifting every day. It's a year-round grind, so it's hard to give 100% every day. So even the best – kids among us can't give a hundred percent every day. So you're absolutely right. It's a skill that's learned. Yeah. And for coaches, um, I don't know. Go, go where you're happy. A lot of people yeah. like, like just, I don't know. I fell in love with Tuxton and there are opportunities back home where our AD reached out to me. And that's what, kind of what my degree is in. I teach business now, but I, my degree is in sport administration. Um, he kind of wanted me to come back and take on an assistant role in the athletic department, which would be cool. That's my ultimate goal is to be an athletic director. But yeah, I, I was pretty quick to kind of turn him down just because 
I'm in a place where it, it's just a special atmosphere. So if you can find that relationship, and it doesn't even that have place to be you like, like and you're happy. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a powerhouse program. Um, I found so much joy in just being a part of the Lesby community. Now, granted, yes, program is um, historically very good. Um, lucky to have that, but the, the coaching staff, the community, the support staff at the high school, like, we don't have any issues ever trying to find help for football related events because yeah, our, cool. the teachers, the administration, everyone's so helping. So I, mean, I the community loves their football uh, down in Southern Calvert County. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and any other sporting event too, like track, we just had, I, I help coach track now. And um, we had so many volunteers helping out, making sure the meat runs smooth and, and things like the little things like that. Yes. The football is a very important part of it, but finding, um, those special relationships and, and just being in a special atmosphere that I don't know that, that I've had no intentions of looking elsewhere uh, yeah, for employment. happy where you're at. That's really great to hear. So let's um, now we'll talk to the, we're going to the more left field topics. First one, um, you're, you, you're a big pro wrestling guy. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast too. So you own a, you own wrestling set rest W R E S central at, that Twitter account. Tell us about how you started that. Tell us about your favorite wrestlers, favorite moves, anything you want to talk about wrestling wise. So that actually started as a high school project. So senior year, I think it's like 2014. Um, that, that started as a high school project. I love wrestling so much. It's just something me and my dad used to always watch. Um, yes, I get that it's scripted, but the stuff they do, I think is, is so amazing. So incredible. So I fell in love with it at a young age. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started as a high school project. You're supposed to start like a social media account and, and back in 2014 when Twitter was kind of the new thing and uh, it gained traction. I, I kept doing it. I have some of my buddies that also like pro wrestling. They, they tweet from it as well. Cool. So I and hope I'm, you got an A on the project. Yes, I did. So I've had that for a while. It's hard to keep up with it, but I, I, I'm pretty much, I just tweet from it whenever I'm watching I'm a big AEW fan now. I think WWE, like, I love it. It's It'll always be, like, what got me into wrestling. But sometimes, like, I watched Raw this past Monday with my dad. He's down here, and it's just it's a lot of repetitiveness. So yeah. AEW's kind of lit that spark. Again, I, I, I've fallen in love with AEW. So, but yeah, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, always have been. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how that whole thing started. But it's fun. Um building the, the relationships like I've, i'll go to wrestling shows and people that have known me before like, oh, you're the guy that you're the yeah I, I go to like places now and i'm the old sun sports guy so it's it's fun yeah. being like it's cool having a little little niche thing like that yeah so it's cool i i like it so um another thing about pro wrestling i don't know if you have you ever been to a live event uh yeah i went to one and um i went to a raw of in college i'm i'm kind of into it I'm, I'm not passionate about it but i, I definitely find okay. it entertaining i'll watch it on tv if it's on monday night or yeah. you know so forth but yeah that's i went to one just for fun when i was in college like 10 years ago so it's it's like one of my favorite sporting events to go to very live it's, it's very like, great live event yeah everyone is just like in a good mood everyone's happy like you can start a conversation with absolutely anyone so you yeah. can just start just a good, good culture around it yeah yeah so that's I mean, I love going to live shows. Like, AEW's, uh, me and another coach, we're going. They're coming May 4th to Baltimore. I Sting's advertised. All the all the legends are going to be there. So, I, I like was like, take my money. 
Yeah, sign, sign yeah. me up. All right, so cool. We're going May 4th, and it's just it's a good time from the tailgate to, to just hanging out with people in the arena. It's so easy to spark a conversation, so that's why I truly love wrestling, too, is the networking piece of it. All right, cool. So next next one, you're a Pittsburgh guy. You said I assume you like the you bleed black and um yellow. What what who do you want the Steelers to take in the draft? I assume you're targeting a quarterback this year. Do you have a favorite? I'm a picket guy. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't even put the two and two together. He's from Pitt. That would be really cool if he ended up that hometown guy. And I just love his story, man. He stayed all five years in college. He's a proven leader. Like, I don't think I've ever heard, even years that Pitt was down, like they were 500 team or whatever. Like, still, like Kenny Pickett, there's never a bad thing to be said about him. Yeah. His leadership, I, I, I think that carries a lot of value. Yes. Yeah. The stats and all that is important, but also I do think rallying around, um, he'll have any group of guys rallying around him. Yeah, I think, so, I think more than I ever. Sorry. And I just saw the late. With yeah, you're in on Pickett. That's right. I I believe in him too. I was just gonna say I think more than ever now, intangibles, the way offense is developed in the NFL, intangibles and leadership are more important than ever, and he's got that in spades. Yeah. So, and I saw the latest mock draft, and it had us taking him at twenty. So who knows? That changes every day. But yeah, that's I do it for see. fun, but it's it's very speculative. You're right. Yeah, but if not, if we don't get a quarterback, then I 100% want offensive line, obviously, because yeah. we got to have a – we just – I don't know. we got to be able to get back to Steelers football. Steelers football, you're right. Najee Harris, you need to be in line for Najee Harris, too. That's right. Uh, so, last topic. Um, I assume you are involved with um, – you know, it's everyone's involved with it because you're involved in sports in Southern Maryland. So let's, let's talk about the fields for a second. Um, you're try. I assume you're involved in that push to get fields for, turf fields for Calvert, and obviously you've seen the St. Mary's fields are so beautiful that you, there's probably a little keeping up with the Joneses aspect to it. Yeah, that's something extremely passionate about. Extremely frustrating from the standpoint of you got to think like if I compare Pennsylvania to Maryland, honestly, yeah. Maryland is a lot further behind in athletics. No, that's you're not, not wrong. Bad. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's not that's not anything on the kids. Um, but we think, what does athletics do for a kid that maybe doesn't have the best home life, maybe doesn't have the best mm-hmm. situation? That drives them. The things you learn, I think, in sports are more valuable at the high school level than any other book-type topic you learn, and that's coming from a teacher itself. Like, I think the the, the commitment aspect, the teamwork aspect, yeah. the dedication aspect, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel that we aren't going the extra mile for student-athletes. When yeah. realistic, you got to think of how many... You need to give them the resources. Yeah. You, you think of how many kids um, participate in athletics. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and it's so important for the kid. I would just say it for myself. That's why I'm involved in athletics. It's like I, my area on the Eastern shores, you know, similar to Calvert County where it's a rural area, far from cities, there aren't bad influences and there's not yeah. much to do if you're not doing sports. So you need to play sports to stay productive and focused in school. Yeah. And to the amount of money in this area, like I go back, like I'm from Fayette County and that's, not a rich county. It's like the second or third poorest in Pennsylvania. And yeah, Calvert County's like seven, top twenty in the yeah. state of 
the USA for wealthiest. So there is yeah. some money to be had there around there. You're right. Yeah, and like, like I'm just like thinking, what are we doing? Like conference championships, our field hockey conference championship got canceled because of field conditions. That's a like that is. It's just not. I don't know, and I feel bad because we have teachers using their planning periods to get the fields ready. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 a very passionate topic. Um, and I kind of I don't want to overstep my boundaries. I'm very vocal about it online, but I let our AD um, Keith Powell. He's amazing with fighting for that. Yeah, I just wish we had even our neighboring schools like um, Northern Calvert Huntingtown. I wish they would be kind of more vocal about it. But we do have a new superintendent. Yeah, who really, uh, is coming in. He has an athletic background. Um, but realistically, it's not even really up to the school system. It's, it's all up about to the, the county. county the county so, commissioners. You're right. Well, I, I, you probably aren't aware of this, but what we're trying to do in Worcester County is bring like a spooky nook type facility. Okay. Yeah. And there's yeah. like so there's. I'd say like 75% of the communities, but similar to like what your demographic, 75% of the communities behind it, but you have some penny pinching old county commissioners who are the roadblocks that you have to get past. So that's, you hopefully yeah. will be able, our respective counties will be able to draw up enough public support where it's, you know, not an option to not do it anymore, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I, and like, I've seen multiple perspectives. Like I've had, turf and all that and it's nice by on the grass too it has its perks but there's a lot of issues that are unseen behind the scenes with and i know how much time keith powell puts in yeah uh, jen bruno she helps coach with field hockey lynn powell they all put in so much time to get that field prepared and it's during their planning periods so that's taking away from their actual work day uh in order to to have these opportunities for kids so i just wish because i know i know firsthand I'm telling you right now, I could not tell you many things that I have learned in high school. I just can't. There's so much content overload, but I can tell you the things that sports taught me. And yeah. it's, I feel way more valuable in everyday life than what you learn in school. I'm not saying the classroom is important, but yeah, uh, it's definitely important based off what you want to do. Uh, but you learn so many valuable lessons in sports. I just think as people mm-hmm. in Maryland, we really need to value that. And we really need to give kids – the opportunity and participation rates will probably go up. They see nice. Yeah. They, well, they want to keep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And too, like you can host tournaments and charge fees for that. And revenue. Just the, yeah. It's, there's just so the many benefits. benefits. Yeah. yeah. Like think of the restaurants in Lesby. If you host like a, a soccer tournament or, so, or a seven on seven tournament. The like Southern think, Calvert classic or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, think of what that would do for each community of all four schools in Calvert County. Yeah, and hotels and Solomon's and so forth. Yeah, so I'm just all for it. That's a passionate topic, and that's something that we're still trying to rally the troops. I'm sure that other teams that play in St. Mary's County this year and even the Charles County teams, they're going to be like, okay, we should probably start to push this. So I think after this upcoming year, um, I think that – there's going to be more people pushing. Yeah, these things take time to get public support behind it. Absolutely right. Because if you have everyone playing on grass, you're not going to know how good it is to play on turf. Now that we have three schools in the conference that have turf, you're going to be like, wow, I want this. Yeah, that's like my – when I was playing in the Bayside Conference 10 years ago, we played at one school had turf fields, and we thought that was obviously the game we looked forward to every year because they had the nicest stadiums. And now every school has turf fields, so we – 
it's really come a long way here in the last 10 years. So hopefully you guys can do it too. Yeah. So keep the push, keep the fight, uh, turf for Calvary County. That's always my goal. Uh, I hope we get it. And we have an awesome athletic director and supporting cast, even coach crowns. He's tried it in the past, but we're trying to push the, the narrative at Patuxent to, to do more for our student athletes. Um, so I hope, I hope it gets approved at some point. Yeah, that's really awesome. I definitely am rooting, you know, doing what I can, you know, or virtually to support that cause as well. So thank you, Coach. That's, um, I guess that we're at uh, almost half hour. I'm going to wrap up now, but I really appreciate your time and energy coming on today. Uh, the episode will be out early next week, and thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a real great time. I'll um, talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. All right. Adios. Yeah. One, two. Check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than never, business before pleasure. P. Diddy and the fam, who you know do it better? Yeah, right, no matter what, we here tight. So when you hear something, make sure you hear it right. Don't make an ass out of yourself by assuming our music keeps you moving. What are you chewing? You know that I'm two levels above you, baby. Love me, baby. I'ma make you love me, baby. Talking crazy ain't gonna get you nothing but choke. Oh, I'm making a flat, 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 I'm making a flat,